you can look at anything with the lens of I am better than everyone else. And yeah. You're, and you're going to see yeah. things like ah, everyone's an idiot. Yeah. Or you can see a lens of I am worthless and you're going to see everything is like everyone's just better than me. Yeah. Or you could see like, oh, I'm I'm going to be curious about this. Yeah. What are you chuckling about? I'm not. This is just really good. We haven't even started yet. We've already. I hope this is recording. Hmm? <laughs> he records. He's always. Yeah, we, yeah, I like to have a good cold open for every episode. So. No. All right. Let's get it started. Wow, this is, this is good stuff. But how long is this podcast? Two hours. <laughs> I think I went last time. You did. You want me to go this time? Yeah. All right. Finally, do something. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's like we have this running joke at, at um, the store I work at. Oh one day, one of the managers was trying to ask somebody to ring up a customer, but she actually was. She accidentally goes, "Can you?" work like that was the only word oh, that came man. out so now we just yell at each other can you work that's basically <laughs> that's basically ours here is just like can you just do can you just be better yeah <laughs> yeah exactly all right welcome to season two of casting lights podcast put on by guiding light uh i am your host debbie We've got daniel here hi doug's over there hello and then our guest, David Halverson yourself? with Windy Willow Foundation. Perfect. Okay. So let's start off with what Windy Willow Foundation is. It's a good question. It's a project that okay. changes daily. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so I'm not the kind of person that will ever say that I'm a CEO of a company because that's that's too professional, right? <laughs> it's fair. I will never say that I'm the executive director of a foundation because that's also not, not really accurate when I look at other true executive directors, right? Um, Windy Willow is a project and I'm a founder of a project, um, that is working daily to make it better. That's what it is in a nutshell. Okay. Um, Windy Willow company is an affiliate of Windy Willow foundation. Um, the two are separate entities, but they work for the same, same cause. Uh, Windy Willow foundation, uh, was founded about uh, a year and a half ago. Um, the company side was actually founded in 2016. So... Uh, the company side um, is a project that I started out of the Michigan State area at The Hatch. It's a business incubator for um, students that are just working on a, a business idea or a venture or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, decided from uh, you know my early college years that I wanted to do something that provided value back to the community. Didn't know what that was. That sounds great. That sounds cliche, <laughs> just like everybody else. I don't know what I want to do, mom and dad, but I, I want to I wanna do something good for the community. Great. Um I had a couple of, mm, I'll jump into it right away, traumatic experiences where mm-hmm. I, I lost a couple friends to, to suicide, right? Um, during my during my college years, um, you know, the immediate reaction of, of everyone involved is, you know, sadness and, um, you know, just a loss of words. I had like a, like a weird response where it was like almost a sickening or a triggering um, response for me where everything that I was doing seemed to kind of like not makes sense, right? You know, you, you finish high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you apply to jobs, you go work nine to five, you know, the, the same um, loop that people are afraid of their whole life. They don't want to get trapped into something that they're not passionate about, right? Yeah. It hit me a little bit harder because I saw just this, this real and raw um, end of life for young people, right? So I decided that whatever I did um, as a part of this project that I was trying to start at The Hatch, um, I really wanted it to be centered around, um, suicide awareness, uh, and, you know, in a bigger cause, mental health. 
So I started talking to people, anyone that I could reach out to, professors, uh, internship, um, internships that I did. I was reaching out to founders and CEOs and anybody that just had interesting things to say, right? Found a little bit of direction. Um, and everyone that was, you know, in a position of, of leadership really had the same thing to say. It was um, be a good leader, right? Ask the right questions, steer a ship in the right direction, uh, and don't be someone that, that pigeonholes yourself, right? Yeah. That's, that's good, um, broad advice. So I took that back to my drawing board and I started coming up with uh, clothing, right? Clothing is scalable. It's easy. You know, you and I could go online right now and make t-shirts, right? Yeah. Um, so I took it back to the drawing board, started creating a, a apparel company, right? That provided uh, a donation kickback to uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So we started doing that in 2016, all the way up until 2020, I want to say. Um, I'm a brutally honest person, and I will say that um, anybody can donate money, right? Anybody that has, you know, spare change yep. can, can donate money. It's, you're not doing anything different. Yeah. Right? And that's a, that's a right. brutally honest statement. You're not actually providing value. The people that are taking that money and doing something with it are providing value. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that stuck with me. Um, all said and done, you know, I, I started going back to the drawing board and saying, well, what can Windy Willow do that's that's actually providing value back to the community? So yeah. I, you know, started talking to friends and created a, a board. Originally, this was an advisory board to try to create a, maybe a project for Windy Willow that actually went out into the community and did something. Um, spiraled into a, a nonprofit during 2020, one of the worst years for nonprofits, one of the worst years to file with the IRS as well. It took us <laughs> right. nine I months. I can imagine. <laughs> unpleasant interactions with the IRS as well. But um, we got to the point of actually launching a, a full-scale nonprofit, um, Wendy Willow Foundation. And today uh, we work in a couple of, couple of different capacities. Uh, one, we still have a partnership with AFSP. Um, they're a great organization on the national level that really helps with recognition they're really, really good about uh, inclusiveness through all communities. You know, the, the common question I see when I'm filling out applications and whatnot is diversity and inclusion, right? And yeah. to someone that doesn't focus on that, it's not, you know, necessarily um, you don't support diversity and inclusion. You just don't know what that means, right? Yeah. Uh, AFSP has a big footprint in that community. Just it, mental health doesn't have a color, gender, or race, right? Yeah. So it's 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 really nice working with them that provides that level of just knowledge and education because they can educate us on the things that we just don't know about. You don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So they provide really good education at the community level. Um, we also help fund a program during the year with them, uh, with some of the proceeds from the foundation. Um, but once again, we find ourselves in uh, the never-ending loop of donating to another foundation to do good work, <laughs> right? <clears throat> So we took it back to the drawing board and we said, well, what can we do, right? What can we actually do? Because we wanted to provide um, access, advocacy, and action towards mental health initiatives, right? So we started um, writing our own program. So today we actually have an aid program that provides grant opportunities for people seeking mental health services, right? Individuals that, that you know, can't get coverage or have gaps in coverage uh, I went through the process of, you know, going through my benefits through my company just to see what that looks like, getting paired up with a therapist, right? And it was really difficult, even for, like, a person that has has good benefits through a company. Yeah, it was right. an awful experience, mm -hmm. actually. Um, and thereafter, you know, you're capped at uh, five sessions per year. And if you have another issue, you can go back and maybe get another five sessions. But after, you know, you got to pay for it. Mm -hmm. It's a very 
ugly system. And that's yeah. not to knock the benefits of my company. That's that's very similar with right. all companies, right? right? That's it, actually pretty good. Yeah. From <laughs> from what I've seen in like my own life in mm-hmm. trying to access therapy and like friends and um, I used to work in resource navigation. Mm-hmm. So I used to be the person who was helping clients navigate this system. And those are actually really good benefits. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. Those are good benefits. Yeah. yeah. For the people that don't have access to quote unquote good benefits. I mean, there's a, there's a huge hole to fill. So we started writing the aid program. People can apply to our foundation and ask us for financial aid. Right. And we'll partner with that person and their, insurer or um, uh, therapist or clinic that's asking for money and will actually uh, help, you know, fill in the financial difference, right? Uh, beyond that, I'm a brutally honest person, once again. <laughs> I think nonprofits have aged, and that's a, that's a blanket statement, and I apologize to anyone that's going to be listening to this that... I'm 100% there with you. <laughs> nonprofits yeah. that have Sorry, aged. Sorry, but... Yeah. Uh... yeah. It's, it's almost a system of... You know, do good, uh, donate to our nonprofit once a year, come attend our golf outing, which is ironic because we do have a golf outing. Yeah, so um, do we. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> luncheons. We also have luncheons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great way to make money. Yeah. It, se- it, it seems is. transactional, right? Yeah. Very right. much so. It seems transactional and it seems almost like uh, you should be doing this because it's the right thing to do. When we started Wendy Willow, we really tried to create a brand that people rock with. And that's the, that's the, the PG version. Right. Yeah. So I used to follow a brand called Live Fit Apparel. The CEO said, um, either you're going to create a cutting edge technology uh, in the clothing industry, or you're going to create a brand that people rock with. Right. I thought that was a cool concept. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we almost did like a reverse marketing type of approach with the foundation where I, I wanted to create a really cool brand that, that does cool things that attracts people. Oh, and they have a foundation where they actually donate everything back to, to a good cause. Mm-hmm. We can get on board with that. Right. Yeah. You don't have to come to events. You don't have to donate money. You can you can get a T-shirt, right, that, that supports our brand mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So it's a, a new age approach, and we're still working on it, right, because it's a project, and I'm a founder, not <laughs> a CEO or an executive director, right? So, um, you know, the, the, the tagline of what we actually do, we try to foster community for the benefit of community because we try to host events that are focused on wellness, uh, social, uh, and the coming together of different people in different communities for, for a benefit, right? That's yeah. pretty similar with nonprofits, I think. But uh, we have a common goal behind it, right? And that's what Luminate the Day was, right? Between Luminary Fitness and Eighth Day Gym. It was the coming together of, of two communities in a similar industry, right? the mm-hmm. CrossFit community, um, for the benefit of the Phoenix and Wendy Willow Foundation, trying to bring people together to have a grand old time, support money, <laughs> and support a cool cause. Which, by the way well done and very much appreciate the the time and effort that that you guys put into that because it, it was an amazing event that was so much fun yeah yeah it the the turnout was mm-hmm. phenomenal uh they had other phoenix groups from the detroit area that came up and just to see the i, I agree with you it's it's community it's yeah it's money is mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. and at the end of the day everyone needs money too but i saw a community there yeah that was like wow that's what yeah. Like that's special. Yeah. You can't buy that. You can't. And I appreciate you guys saying that. It means a lot. It's affirmation. Right? That's what we're going for after the fact. We're like, yeah, everyone uh-huh. likes their tummy rubbed. Come on. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think that the word community is almost like it's so saturated now. I attended th- two or three business networking groups this week. Mm-hmm. 
uh, at a bank, at a small group, and just at a, at a local business, right? The word community is just thrown out left and right. It's posted on the walls of banks. We mm. are a community. Right. People go there for, for a transactional purpose. Right. I mean, you don't have to, to stale that word. If yeah. you truly embody community, show us. Don't just tell us about it, yeah. right? Yeah. If you have to paste the word community on every single hallway in your facility, there's a good chance you don't actually demonstrate it other than the words that's on your wall. Again, brutally honest person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we try to embody what community actually is, right? So that's why we're just trying to do a bunch of events throughout the year. Um, events, in all honesty, that's not where the most money is raised for a nonprofit. You guys probably know that as well. Private donors and sponsors, that's, that's where money comes from. Community is, community events, fosters community that it brings people together to support a common cause to get people to, to rock with a brand right so that's what we really try to focus on going forward quality events illuminate the day could not have been executed without the team um all the people from luminary uh aaron norris uh, shelby klein um, tyler cole and then our helpers from from eighth day as well uh dan post and joe the owner of eighth day you know coming together and have different perspectives and having a true pursuit of a well-executed community event. It took more than just a couple people, right? And a year of planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want people to buy into something, right. not just yeah. monetarily. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, real connection is so important. And I know it's something we've touched on in previous episodes because it's something that Guiding Light really strives for in their programming. Um, to your point about community being kind of a watered-down word, mm -hmm. I think connection is so much more important because that's a deeper and more tangible part of community. Like mm -hmm. every, anybody can say we're a part of a community or, yeah. but are they really connected to that community? Are they fostering connections within that community? That's a bigger question. Mm -hmm. And just from, I was not at the event, but I have heard from every single person that went to it, how cool it was mm -hmm. and how much they networked and connected and they they talked to different people mm -hmm. and that type of connection is so much more important for mental health and addiction um we know from the research um i don't know if you know this but my background is in psychology and social work and we know from research that connection i know you're laughing at me daniel <laughs> I don't mean to bring it up every time. It no, just keeps coming know, up. No, but we know you have a clinical background. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, Thank yeah. You. <laughs> Daniel just can't let me have anything. One day, That's okay. One, one, day I'll, one day I'll have a clinical background, and That's I will make true. sure that every single person knows it. <laughs> yeah. And it will. It will, because you, you, you have worked very hard to get where you Thank are. You. I'm not going to take that away from you. Anyway, we know in the research that connection is what helps with healing and and that's what creates resilience in a lot of these communities both mental health and addiction being underneath the umbrella of mental health like we know that suicide rates are lowered in communities that have true connections when people are no longer isolated the rates of suicidal ideation and the rates of suicide attempts go down we know that well that was a really tough pill for me to swallow in active addiction when yeah um I pretty much just I've I've seen the studies too where it's like you're going to live like 10 to 15 years less if you don't have strong relationships with other people with other human beings and I pretty much just wrote that off as being a remote possibility for me like it's just not going to happen so I'm going to die younger and uh, I'm going to kill myself so it's it's <clears throat> and I said to you before we started this that um Getting treatment for my substance abuse problem was the best thing I could have done for my mental health. Um, and I think it saved, and it absolutely saved my life. So 
doing that and making community a big part of my life now has been one of the best things that ever happened to me because that came along with it, you know, like the importance of having meaningful connections with other people. Especially with, so I, going, going through my active addiction, I, I could not separate whether this was from drugs, alcohol, or if this was a genuine mental health issue. Right. Me neither. And like, I remember I was about a year and a half sober and I, I took it upon myself that very much when I got sober this time around, I was like, I don't need therapy. I don't need medication. I don't need any of these things. Like this is what it is. Like I'm sober. Like I, I can do this. And I'm fortunate enough that I did have the connections around me that when that time came, when I was breaking down in stores and I could only go a certain, I knew exact, I could only go to certain stores that I knew were safe. I'd go the same route. I was in restaurants and I I would freeze and I would have to like run outside. And I had a, a good friend at the time that was just like, you need to go talk to somebody about this. And, but without that, I don't know how long I would have dealt with that. Cause for a while it was, I'm just not doing my recovery right. Right. Like I'm, I must, I must not be sober enough, quote unquote, whatever that even means. Um, and I was fortunate enough that I did have a doctor, a primary care physician that I already knew that I could make that appointment with, which I didn't know what a primary care physician was until I got sober. Like I didn't know who to call at that point. But, and that, and then that, even that was a long journey of like, okay, we're going to try this medication and then this medication. And then, but you know, at a point now, I feel comfortable enough with what I'm taking and how my life's going. But in active addiction, I would, you, you could be throwing pills at me and nothing was going to change because nothing was changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make this sound the right way, but something I've been saying lately <laughs> is, is realism. Yeah. <laughs> realism is the, is, is a dream killer. Right. And, and that sounds like a motivational video that you, you watch on YouTube, right? Yeah. Will Smith. There's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know about Will Smith anymore. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that, that comment didn't age well. Yeah, so yeah. I know, whatever. <laughs> no, but realism is a dream killer, and uh, there's a little bit of, of meaning to that, right? I think our brain um, quickly tries to jump to a, a realistic solution or outcome without actually having do- doing something, mm-hmm. or, or done something, rather. Um, realism is the concept of us trying to assume or come to a conclusion before we actually do something Mm. right and try to distinguish all the possible outcomes and then weigh those outcomes against you know positive or or negative right so uh, i I feel like the human brain and this is coming from someone without a clinical background (laughs) so bear with thank you (laughs) um no no i say that because it's not going to sound smart and it might not even be biologically correct i don't know She, um, she will correct you if you're wrong. You correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but the human brain in a, in a stagnant uh, situation, right, without stimulation, meaning w- without interaction, without um, outside thoughts or without, um, you know, having some type of outside influence, it, it's, it's, it's more realistic. And the word realistic means it, it jumps to a conclusion of, of trying to bring you back down to earth, right? Mm-hmm. When you have those moments of, of interaction with other people and you learn about new feats of awesome right and you and you go to the gym and you start moving and you just have different types of interaction around other people i feel like it almost stimulates something else that causes your brain to think a different way right Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden realism is a relative term because now what's realistic changes based on perspective with other people right so the absence of of human interaction especially through covid right that was a a 
realism uh, suppressor, right? R realistic thoughts and the idea of realism was, was suppressed greatly in mental health um, issues and, and suicide rates went through the roof, right? We're starting to come out of that and, and rates are declining slightly, which is good, but we're returning back to normal. We have that outside influence, right? Where suddenly uh, realism is relative. What was real in 2020 is, is very different from what's real in 2022 now. You know, we're not in the best situation economically, <laughs> but at least we can be around people now. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that made sense. Maybe it didn't. Realism kills dreams, right? Because I think you have to get relative with your situation. I'm stealing that from a, a book that I'm reading by Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Green Lights. Oh, it's okay. a great book. I have seen that. Yeah. Um, and actually, right. Uh, yeah. It's, Thanks. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Your brain can only work with the evidence you have. Yeah. Is right. Essentially what exactly. That means. So in that the absence better. of outside evidence, <laughs> you can only. I know. I'm sorry. But I like the clinical. It, yeah. It's, no, it's both true. Whether you're talking about realism or mm -hmm. evidentiary support, like if your brain doesn't have any evidence that it can get through the situation, it can't believe that it can. Mm -hmm. Because in our brains, we only have that environment. Yeah. So once you start talking to people and you start talking to somebody who's a year sober, two years sober, yeah. three years sober, mm -hmm. and they can talk to you about what they went through, or you talk to somebody who survived a suicide attempt or didn't attempt and you know managed to get help that all of a sudden gives your brain evidence it didn't have before that this could potentially be possible the trick then is to get it integrated in a way where that can now apply to you because kind of like what we were talking about before exceptionalism is pretty strong we all think that we are a unique being and that we are so different from anyone else, you know? Uh -huh. But if you can start talking to people and relating and figuring out like, okay, well maybe I'm not that different. Like maybe this can also apply to me. Now your brain has evidence that like, oh, maybe that is possible. Maybe yeah. maybe that can work and, yeah. and I can get through this. Mm -hmm. On one hand, you can, be, you can realize that you're not alone. And then on the other hand, you can realize that things that you didn't think you could do, you can. Yeah. You know? So yeah. for the, the conversation of you know, exposure, community, connection, and all this stuff, bringing in outside ideas. So mm -hmm. when I was growing up and, and going through high school and, like, I had I had issues going through high school with my mental health, when I look back at that now, I find I'm very blessed to realize that, like, I stuck around long enough to realize that things change. Yeah. So, like, in the sense of mental health when it comes to the younger generation and, and kids growing up, like, what – and I, I'm just kind of throwing this against the wall. Though, like, what what is the solution there? Like, how how do you how do you get across this idea of of there is another side when you've genuinely never experienced the the other side of the coin? There is nothing worse than hearing it gets better. I know. Yeah. Ah. No. I mean, I I love that as a branding technique <laughs> and, but and it's actual also, advice. And it's important to say it's not like that isn't true. No, you know? it is but, true, like, but. It, to, I mean, let's talk. Can we talk about watered down statements? Like right. it gets better has know, become right? overused mm -hmm. oh, and watered yeah. down. Is that Community. the cat? <laughs> that that's the the cat poster thing saying right? Oh, hang in there. Hang in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I should get that. Yeah. <laughs> you really should. I love that one. My dentist had that when I was growing up. He had it above the chair. I hate that poster. We had that poster above our bathroom in college. <laughs> take that as you will <laughs> yeah it can mean a lot of things mm -hmm. yeah 
But I think to your point, it is this, I know, it's totally off topic. To your point, I do think that this idea of true connection, and I know Daniel and I go back and forth about social media because I love social media and he hates social media. And I think social media is a good example of how this can become a double-edged sword, right? It's two sides of a coin because while on the one hand, it can create echo chambers and it can create like a situation where you're seeing the worst of the worst and and cyberbullying and all that stuff. But at the same time, I think being exposed to different people and different ideas and learning that maybe in your community that you live in, like I grew up in a small farm town surrounded by people that looked like me. Like I was not really exposed to that many different people. What was your high school mascot? It was a shark. The irony of that is I grew up in the exact middle of Michigan. (laughs) Literally, we have a plaque. We're the exact middle of the mitten. I was not, I did not think that, I I was not expecting that. No, I know. How close is the closest shark to Michigan? I, well, it depends. Okay. Sometimes they travel up the Mississippi. I was going to say, yeah. I had a roommate so who was a be... marine biologist major. Is that, is that true? I'm yeah. sorry. Is that true? No, bull a sharks bit, can go bit, in yeah. freshwater. Really? Sharks can go in freshwater, yes. yeah. yeah. Not too my, far, but. My roommate know. in grad school was obsessed with sharks. She wanted to start a shark conservation nonprofit. So I know an absurd amount yeah, about stop sharks. Stop punching sharks in the face. Another, yeah, another nonprofit. I know. So many, right? Get them on. I will. So, really quickly, I do appreciate that you made the distinction between. Are we a nonprofit that collects money and distributes money where it's needed, or are we a nonprofit? Well, we're really jumping around now. Yeah, but, we are. Or, but, or am I am I a part of this nonprofit or project that does something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the every there's every part has its part to play. Yeah. So like donors very much like as as employees of a nonprofit, we I my my I don't get a paycheck if we don't have donors. But at the same time, you also need people on the ground, and I think that you looking into and having that distinction of yes there are places for the donors there's places for those type of foundations there's also we need a place to put money mm-hmm. and to actually talk to the people to mm-hmm. to foster the connection so that there's actually people on the ground yeah cuz yeah it's everybody likes money but unless there's a person there that knows what to do with it yeah it's it's the idea of of trying to build longevity in a business idea right rather than trying to get money in and just trying to get things started quick, right? So excuse my tangent. I'm in finance, okay? So I'm a financial advisor. Um, we found your niche. Yeah, yeah. We all have one. Um, so I, I look at a good example of, I think, bad examples, right? Maybe just ethically or or building an actual brand or business that people like. Um, blank check companies. Have we heard of those? You know, During 2020, they were pretty popular. SPACs, backdoor IPOs. I don't know. Yeah, we're so, you're talking yeah. to quick, the wrong. Quick explanation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, these large capital groups, right, okay. that get put on exchange and they just have a ton of money, right? Okay. There comes along a business that they want to buy. Uh, it's a really quick way to, to get a business going with a lot of money in the door right away and they can they can just start, start doing things because they have lots of money, right? right? Nobody knows what the business does. Nobody knows what the brand is. You, know, you can read their their white papers, which are papers that explain what the business does. But um, in 2020, they were really popular because it was exciting, right? There's these companies coming to market really quick. I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Okay. <laughs> this year, they've dropped off, right? They're they're not popular. Their prices have plummeted, 
right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for that um, economically, but I, I use it as a metaphor to, to show there's no longevity, right? Getting money in the door really fast, getting billions of dollars in funding in the door right away and, and, and just trying to, to sustain a project is, is not the easiest thing to do, right? Getting money is easy. Lose, finding ways to, to lose your money is actually a lot harder, right? So where am I going with that? I think building the purpose for the brand and the community events and all the things that, that realistically a, a company has to stand on is, is of more importance to me than trying to get the large dollars and trying to market towards funding, right? Yeah. Funding will come. Obviously, we want to have funders and, and sponsors in the future. And yeah. well, actually, right now, if anyone's listening to this. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, Plug not, away. That's, <laughs> that's not where the purpose is right now. You have to build something meaningful that, that's not trying to convince people it's it's bringing people in that experience that and say wow this is this is something right not convinced right yeah experienced not convinced right? yeah i think that is one thing that and i've i've been working in the nonprofit sector in grand rapids for a few years now um and i think one of the things that i've seen happen a lot in our community is that we have so many services that don't nobody knows what they do mm -hmm. necessarily um, or they used to do things that they don't do anymore, um, or they don't even like, I think sometimes people with really good intentions decide they want to help, mm -hmm. but rather than stopping a second to figure out how they just, to your point, start raising money and start trying to do something or give money somewhere. Shots they, into the dark. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't end up actually helping the community. They don't listen to the community. Um, and that's a problem, you know, like. That's where our aid program came from, right? I mean, we, we stopped doing and started listening. That's what mm -hmm. I said. I think, um, I think I did a podcast a couple of years, uh, a year ago, and that's exactly what I said. We we stopped doing and we started listening. Very literally, just just listen to the, the gaps or the gray areas of mental health. What needs the most attention right now? Mm -hmm. How about people getting services, right? How about the access to services, right? And how do we how do we find the root cause of actually helping that? So that's where, you know, one of our values was derived from. It's, it's stop doing and just start listening a little bit. Take some time to hit the brakes and, and go find, you know, what actually needs attention. Because naturally, you're going to attract the community. Naturally, you're going you're gonna to inspire people to say, wow, that's, that's something that's really underserved, right? Well, I liked how you said that you made that shift as a foundation when you realized that, oh, we're just another nonprofit giving money to another yeah. nonprofit. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, that was part... Uh, in part due to my my VP Anna and my uh, secretary Marisa, which happened to be my two best friends growing up. Good for Anna. Yeah, they just kind of kicked me in the ass. I don't know if I can say ass on the podcast. That's but I did. okay. You can now. So uh, <laughs> they, they they just kind of they kind of jump started me to, to to stop doing and start listening. Mm -hmm. Go go find something that's actually worth creating a program around. Mm -hmm. Right. That's. See, I, I get goosebumps when I hear stuff about that, though, because, like, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how amazing – and I, now you're just going to make me second-guess using the word community. I know, right? <laughs> but So, connection. But genuinely, like, how how rare is that nowadays? And I'm fortunate now in my life and my recovery and all these – like, I'm surrounded with people, and it sounds like in your foundation, your project. Project, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're surrounded with people that are taking a stand for what you guys truly want. It's how, mm -hmm. how quickly it can. And the same thing with addiction, the same thing with mental health, how easy it is to just kind of like get lost in this other place over here and mm -hmm. to have people like, Hey, that's not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Like, 
this is kind of what we're here for. And everybody needs that. That's not just, uh, that's just a human, that's a human issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's like when I, so I shared on the last episode of the podcast, um, when I was working in like what I would call corporate social work, like in an actual nonprofit and everything, um, part of what made me not happy or fulfilled is that I am a ground worker. Like I want to actually work with people. I, the thing that I struggled with and the thing I got knocked on every single annual review I ever had was that I didn't document correctly or enough because I wasn't sitting in my cubicle doing paperwork constantly to justify my existence. And I understand the purpose of justifying my work and and showing the story of the client that I'm working with. But when I'm answering the phone to answer a question for somebody who's saying like, I need housing or I need clothes, I have an interview tomorrow and I have nothing to wear, like that will always take precedent for me. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't it wasn't the thing like you have to prove to the grant funder why you should be getting your money. Yeah. So you have to document everything and yeah. you need to be spending a certain number of hours of your work week doing that. Yeah. And did not vibe with me. I'm not that person. I would rather actually be doing the work. Yeah. And that's interesting, you know, uh, and cut me off, cut my <laughs> mic off. If I'm just, that's interesting too much because I will always have things to say. It's, it's it's really interesting you say that you know I, I that's that feeds right into build the community build the experience build mm-hmm. the brand and you'll naturally attract more yep. yeah because i i've been filling out grants for the last couple of months i'm working on one right now and not to knock grants and the criteria that you have mm-hmm. to put forward mm-hmm. to, to prove mm-hmm. what the grant is for yeah. but i'm sitting there just drooling out one side of my mouth like this is this is numbing to my brain this is yeah. like they're trying to get me to answer questions about the foundation that are very conforming and very standardizing right isn't that what a foundation is though you're, you're not trying to conform you're not trying to be like everybody else next to you right yeah so it, it's it's almost counterintuitive to a degree mm-hmm. i think um the standards and criteria that that people want you to go through to to give money right i'd rather pr- pursue a route that's naturally attracting people right well the concept of nonprofit is anathema to the society that we live in yeah you know it's a, it's a weird it's a weird contradiction that that we're in yeah mm-hmm. that right. word of the day calendar I was, I was just going to say really can you can you drop rotten. that for me cuz i don't know what you just said <laughs> um, anathema antithetical is that essentially what you just said antithesis it's That's the, the opposite of living in a capitalist ah, society is oh, that's is, not what is, is, <laughs> i'm is just going to throw out money, my other big words you know yeah. what 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 was the word though Anathema. 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 Yeah. It's I the think. opposite of a capitalist society. No, but isn't that what you just said? No, it's it's okay. We'll we'll figure it out later. Anathema. Mm-hmm. Okay. I figured oh, it I, out I get with what you're the context down. clues. Uh, I think nonprofits are very very cool. They can be cool, right? right. They're yeah. cool in the, in the, in regards and then it's to like, we're the cool. NFL is technically <laughs> a nonprofit. Well, uh. <laughs> you know, well, like, nonprofit is is an opportunity to show that you truly have a really great idea that can benefit a higher cause with, I mean, granted, um, no financial interest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's a cool way to show you have a really cool idea to benefit community without having a financial interest. Right. Yeah. And you can take that as you will and you can mm-hmm. find loopholes to, you know, launder money and do all those things like Bad, good, good examples of bad examples in nonprofit do, but yeah. it's truly just a, a really cool opportunity to show everyone that you have something different to provide value mm-hmm. to the community. 
it is kind of cool to see there being innovative ways to do this mm-hmm. though. Like your point about creating a brand and then creating the action, like, you know, having something that people can, can get connected to and buy into and, and something tangible. Sounds like a Ponzi scheme when we say it out loud. But I get what you're saying. I'm just kidding. It's funny. It's cool. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. But yeah. it is like, like normal nonprofits. And I mean, your comment about nonprofits being aged is so true because so often we see innovation being stifled in the nonprofit sector because we know what works mm-hmm. and we keep doing the same things that we know work. And sometimes it's sad. The standardized forms that you were just talking about. Yeah. Right. No, it's, yeah. it's see, but we don't know me. what works. Well, and I mean, Exactly. We don't, but they think that we do. So we keep doing these things sometimes and, and we lose sight of what can be really cool innovation and actually provide benefits we never saw coming. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the rate at which nonprofits are, you know, judged, un- unwritten judgment of mm-hmm. how you grow and be better. I mean, how much did you raise this year? It's right. not about raising a million dollars or two million in the second year or three in the third right. year. I mean, if you if you have a for-profit business, you're trying to create something new that, that generates and grows in the mm-hmm. long term, right? As applied to a nonprofit, aren't you trying to do something different? I mean, if your goal is just to raise as much money as possible, great. But if you're trying to create something truly different that's, that's you know, an Amazon in the making, not to say that Wendy Willow is an Amazon in the making, but you, you have to be completely different. You're not going to have consistent years of growth and large chunks of money that just keep coming in and grow in, in a very linear basis, right? It's going to be different. The it's it always amazes me. So I have a very small. When I hear words, I hear nonprofit. I I my view of that's very small. My view of business is very small. When I started going to school, like, oh, what do you want to be? I don't know a nurse. The only nurse I can ever think of is an an RN that works in an emergency room. That's the only nurse that exists in the world. And all of us have our own skills, talents. Um, abilities and all this stuff and to see someone take like hey I have this desire to make an actual change mm-hmm. in the mental health world and how do I do that I'm gonna make a shirt that's not my first like but that you use your abilities and, and your talents and you found the people around you that were also talented and passionate about something and you found a way to make it work mm-hmm. and I think that's probably one of the coolest it amazes me the roadmap that people take to get to where they are Mm-hmm. And the ability to, to pull people together, the ability to think slightly outside of the box and not just, hey, we're going to put up a building on this little corner and, you know, we're going to have people call and donate mm-hmm. and then we're just going to do A, B and C. It's 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 aspiring to see somebody go outside of the box to help a community. So thank you for that. Well, yeah. thank you for the making it sound a lot better than I think it is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's nice too. like like I was saying, being in and around the, the nonprofit world, especially in our community. So often that's the mentality like I there's a thing that needs to happen. So I'm going to start at the ground and build a building and get people in. And that's how I'm going to create access where you were like, well, OK, but the system does exist. It doesn't work well most mm-hmm. of the time, but the system exists. So how can we jump into this system that already exists and do something that will make that system work a bit better right? and help the people who really need help rather than starting over and creating yet another thing that people have to navigate mm-hmm. and that has to be like figured out. It's like, no, no, no. We're not reinventing the wheel, but we are making the wheel better. Mm-hmm. And that is encouraging to see. I think that's something that can be way more helpful in the long term yeah. than um, duplication. Right. 
And that, that, that's what Tetris is, right? You're trying to eliminate the bottom row. How can you create something that fits the pieces exactly to, to eliminate that bottom row and make things smooth? Yeah. Right. Have you used that analogy before? No. That I thought about good. that on the fly. That, that was pretty cool. Really that was solid. That was original. Like, oh, snap. That was <laughs> right off the top. That. Yeah. Right. I just feel bad for anyone listening that doesn't know what Tetris is. Is that a you thing? You know, there now? are people that don't know. Really? I'm sure. Yo, my roommate just, I had to show him Top Gun like two weeks ago, the oh, no. original. I was like, seriously, oh, no. you never seen Top Gun? Come on. Well, I was listening Man. to a podcast <laughs> where I her teenage daughter was <laughs> watching Scream and she was like, what was that sound at the end of the phone call? She didn't know oh, what a dial yeah. tone was. I saw. Oh, I was I, like, what are you talking about? I, a dial tone. No, I know that. I'm talk, yeah. I was talking like what at the end of the, I thought you were talking about yeah, like something in the movie. she hung up the phone. It is in the movie. She hangs okay, up the phone not. and then there's the dial yeah, tone. Yeah, I was like, eh, okay. yeah. Past times. You know how the, you yeah, know how the comedic eff- uh, sound effect of like a, a record scratch? Yes. Yep. <laughs> and how it's been completely, the meaning has been completely detached from yes. what it actually is now. And people just associate it with like some awkward movie, like awkward moment in a movie mm-hmm. where, but nobody, or a TikTok nobody knows that it's a, yeah, but nobody <laughs> Wait, knows that it's what? a, it's associated, it's not associated with the kids with these like days a, don't know records. Right. You know, <laughs> what? just a digital yeah. sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, I, I guess that makes sense, but I, yeah, I'm not on TikTok. See, this is, I spend my time playing with my cats and on Reddit. So <laughs> I, I see TikTok because they're on Reddit. Yeah, I know. Well, Urban Outfitters is a good indication of what the kids like these days, right? And they've got record players. <laughs> they're getting there. That's a good point. It they're, is all They are kind of in again, yeah. But I think it's this idea that Hipsters, people are yeah. like, they're fascinated by all of this stuff. Like they watch old movies and they're like, what is that thing? And then they all want to know. Mm-hmm. Like we were teaching, um, Josh's little sister is 13. So teaching her what a CD was, was very like revelational to her mm-hmm. because we showed her a Walkman, like a CD Walkman. <sighs> yes. And she was like, but why, why does it open? Right. Like the concept of having to put something into it to play it That's was technology. just beyond her because she's grown up with like Spotify. Do, you, do and you remember my friend had a really, really nice one that you could actually open it up, take the CD out and it would still play? For no. like, it'd play for like 30 seconds. Yeah. I've never heard That's of that. That's wild. Yeah. I was like, and you know, what? That's Walkman 2.0. <laughs> right. That's like, that's real. some really good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just like, she had never, she like kind of knows what VCRs are because her grandparents still have one. Yeah. But the idea of having to put a thing into a music player to then play the music was very beyond her. It was we go through funny. cycles of just liking retro things, right? Yeah. Remember, I don't know, 20... 12 where snapbacks were coming back and everybody loves snapbacks and I don't want to machine talk gun kelly it. made this, this snapback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah snap i mean snapbacks weren't a thing in 2012 and they were like a retro thing and they came back so is we that go through what, cycles of just liking old things when did ashton kutcher come out with the trucker hats was that 2012 or that's got to be 08 oh, right yeah that was, i have no idea I think while I was still in high school. and and to link this back to mental health see a snap a <laughs> snapback a snapback is kind of <laughs> I, I could it's metaphorical too. I could swing it <laughs> just, just to make this thing. So a VCR tape though is very much like mental health and the services that you offer because you have a VCR player. It's already yeah. there. We don't need to make a new one. You guys add the tape and then it works. Oh, that was that's good. Beautiful. I like yeah, that. that was great. I, I could have used prettier, prettier verbiage, but it got highlight that. It was the good. Intro. <laughs> we got Tetris and VCRs. I know. That's, our, like, and mental snapbacks. Health. Ashton Kutcher so came good. up. <laughs> This one is for the millennials. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. 
anything else you want to shout out about events coming up or anything yeah i'd love to give a plug to yeah. Yeah. the event that we have coming Go up plug away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just keep so i love that it's only the second time i've said it and excuse all my uh, bashing of old school nonprofit tactics, but my plug is our golf outing. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes. Some things do actually work. Yeah, yeah, but this works because Chick-fil-A is our lunch sponsor nice. at the turn. Okay. They're our sponsor, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lots of Chick-fil-A. No, for our golf outing, they are. Really? Sponsor. They like golf and chicken. They do. Chick-fil-A and Grand Rapids <laughs> is awesome. So, yeah, we have our golf outing at Thornapple Point on August 13th. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Um, it's going to be a great time. Uh, you can sign up. Uh, we have a Facebook page, very long name, the 2022 Windy Willow Foundation Golf Outing. So if you I'll can put it in the to, show notes. It'll yeah. be in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. So our if, golf outing's coming up. And if somebody doesn't have Facebook like me, how would they find out about this? Yeah. Um, I can text you the link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have flyers and we okay. have a website, you know, for and our foundation and everything's up and across every type of media that you can have. Okay. And is it just www.windywillowfoundation.org. Uh, okay. Yep. So that's the name of our foundation. And then, you know, we'll have future events. We try to do things with Roots Brew Shop a lot. We have nice. cornhole tournaments and trivia night. When, fun stuff. When's your next cornhole? Me and my roommate are kind of. So we're in the planning process okay. of our next cornhole tournament. It'll probably be fall, I want to say. Okay. Which seems fitting for um, a cornhole, yeah. tur- cornhole tournament. I'm excited. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. We we got annihilated <laughs> in the last one we were in. Yeah, it's not fair. We played the. I think one of the teams that ended up beating us ended up winning the tournament. So I'm not. Whatever. You need whatever. practice. Yeah. Well, yeah. So those are my plugs. But I really want to thank you guys for bringing me on and letting me just speak because that's what I do best. I just say lots of words. Yeah. So I apologize if this is a lot lengthier. No, podcasts. this is about. No. This yeah. is about right. No, you're you, right on You part. used yeah. words really well. Today. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, it, it I appreciate really you guys. Cool. You guys were good hosts. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think this is important because one of the things we make sure to say is that Guiding Light is a free service. Like it's mm-hmm. free to any of the men who go through the program for addiction recovery. But if you are in a situation where you're looking for help that um, isn't free, this is a great option for yeah. you. You know, like we don't do everything here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're mm-hmm. looking for, you know, to Daniel's point about going through addiction and also mental health, you know, depending on where you are on that and which is the most immediate pressing need, um, Windy Willow could be a great yeah. option to access some services before you go on to the next parts of it. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think this was really People important. People have mental health problems who don't have crippling addictions too. So. Yes, it's true. <laughs> also in, in the sense of if, if someone out there is like, Oh, I've had this idea of wanting to support. And we talked about like really saturating mm-hmm. resources. Like here is an organization. Here is a project that has a supporting founder. Got you. There it is. Genuinely though, that, nice. that <laughs> is, you guys are allowing services to be, put into the community like mm-hmm. this is a place that people could go to mm-hmm. definitely it's an outlet yeah yeah well cool um awesome so all of the links and everything for the golf outing and all of that are going to be up in the show notes show okay. notes um so if you want to get involved in that or if you want to learn more about it you can find it all in there um information about guiding light will be in the show notes too uh I'm waiting for you to say something about donate. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you want to donate, <laughs> if, you want to donate either, if you want to donate to Guiding Light or to the Windy Willow Foundation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That'll all be up in the show notes. Yep. You can do any of it. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having me, guys. Yeah. 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 This was fun. Thanks for being on. That was awesome. Cut.